know it's like the mugs, so I'm just going to keep my mouth hush. <laughs> Revelation chapter 2, starting at verse 1, I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible. All those that are able to stand, let us stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. Revelation chapter 2, start at verse 1. And it says, to so the angel, the messenger of this assembly, church in Ephesus, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven stars, which are the messengers of the seven church in his right hand, who goes about among the seven golden lampstands, which are the seven churches. I know your industry and your activities, your labors, toys, and trouble, and your patient endurance, how you cannot tolerate wicked men and have tested and critically appraised those who have called themselves apostles, special messengers of Christ, and yet are not and have found them to be impostors or liars. Verse 3, I know you are enduring patiently and are bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not fainted or become exalted or grown weary. But I have this one charge to make against you, that you have left, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. You have deserted me, your first love. Remember then, from what heights you have fallen, repent Change the inner man to meet God's will and to do the works you did previously when first you knew the Lord or else I will visit you and remove your lampstand from his place unless you change your mind and repent. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you, O God, because you're God and God all by yourself. Lord, have your way on today. Move by your spirit, O God. Open up our hearts, our minds, and our ears, O God. Let us not come to be entertained, O God, but let us come seeking a word, O God. Even, O God, if it hurts, even if it crushes us, O God, we know that you're doing it for our betterment, O God. And we thank you and we praise you and all the God's people put those sanctified hands together and gave God praise. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. My heart was overwhelmed this morning when I looked at the door and I saw Mother Valiant come in. Amen. We thank and praise God. Just wave your hand, Mother, so they can be able to see you. Amen. We thank and praise God that she's with us. Give her a hand. Amen. Amen. We thank and praise God. Amen. That she's with us on today. Saints, there have been some strange things that has been going on in the land there. There's been things that you can't even put together or try to make sense of it when you have birds falling out of the sky and you got fish, not just one fish, not just two fish, but you have millions of fishes. I know that's not correct grammar to say fishes, but we're just going to say fishes this morning. Amen? Amen? Praise Jehovah, yes. And it, you have all of these fish coming up on top of the water and nothing has been done to, them, done to them, but they're just coming up dead. Strange things that that are going on in the land. I was talking um, with Pastor Matthews on yesterday when we were at the repast, and he was just telling me that over the past seven months at their church, they have been averaging four to five funerals a month. Four to five Funerals a month. I cannot even fathom in my mind that as you're preparing, you're trying to do ministry, and, and you get a phone call, and after you get that phone call, you get another phone call about a saint that has went home to be with the Lord. Yes, you rejoice because you know where they're going, and you're excited that they no longer have to be in pain or be in this world. But when you think about four to five funerals a month, average, sometimes more, but around that range. 
there are things going on, riots breaking out in different places where people are just upset and just, just going off the hinges. It's strange things that's going on in the land where we're not just seeing older people die, but you're seeing a mixture of ages, a middle, young age, middle age, old age, where they're going home to be with the Lord. There's a lot of strange things going on, saints. And we can look at it and say, oh, wow, oh, yeah. But when we look at it and realize that it's just the Bible revealing itself of what it said that it would be during this time. And it should be, it should not be something, well, in some sense, it should be something to kind of scare us, but not really scare us, but to open up our eyes and let us see, God, you are moving fast. It's almost like time is being accelerated and things are just happening so quick, fast, and in a hurry. Where we really don't know that we lay down tonight, but we really don't know if we're going to wake up in the morning. It's not a guarantee that we will wake up in the morning and we go through life, we go through the motions, we go through this, we go through that. And and we're just going through the motions with certain things when we don't realize how precious life and how precious time is. We're going about, oh yeah, I want a blessing from the Lord and we can buck and we can shout, but our lifestyles don't add up with what we're saying. Not adding up at all, and we can come to church. We can we can come to church. We can run. We can do all that. But then we live like hellions Monday through Saturday. No, 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 not Monday through Saturday. Monday through Sunday from uh, until nine fifty before you come into the sanctuary for church. And we live in any old kind of way, and we asking God, God, shower me with blessings, Lord. I need a breakthrough. I need this, but we're not giving God what He's asking of us. And we're expecting God to bless us when our lives are jacked up. We're expecting God to shower us with blessings when we're not living according to his word. When we're saying any old thing that we want to say, we're living any old kind of way that we want to live. We're treating people however we want to do. We're saying whatever we want to say, and and we don't care who has to say something about it. I'm grown. You're not going to tell me what to do. I'm my own person. No, 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 no. It's God that has made you. It's God that has kept you even in the midst of your ignorance when you were out there doing stuff that you know you should not have done but it's God that kept you all I ought to have a couple of people to run up and just shout and high five me or slap me or something to let me know that you serve as a witness to that fact because it's only by the grace of God that you are yet still here because some of us really should be dead uh yeah we know I know before you got saved you used to cut people you used to shoot them and all that other stuff but it just so happened that when 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 the fights broke out at the club that your life wasn't in it, that you wasn't trampled over, that nobody shot you, that you did not get cut. It's only by the grace of God, as many people as you've been with, that your ears are not falling off, your fingernails are not coming off. It's only by the grace of God that all the alcohol that you've drunk, all the drugs that you've done, that God has spared your life. That's a good place right there to give God some praise for sparing your life in spite of you. Because it's not that we've been so kind. It's not that we've been so good. Because truth be told, we have not done everything that God has told us to do. Some of us have deliberately disobeyed God because we were choosing to follow after our flesh rather than follow after the spirit. Because God said, in every temptation, I provide a way of escape. But when that door came for the escape, we said, excuse me, Jesus, I'm going to take a Holy Ghost time out. I'm going to indulge in this sin and I'll get back to you later.
is accelerating. And I know people say, oh, we got time, we got time. But really, we don't. Oh, we really don't have time because we are here today and we could very well be gone tomorrow. We could be here today and gone tonight. It was a past I was telling you all in Bible study um, this past Tuesday night. And by the way, Bible study was wonderful on this past Tuesday night. What a wonderful time we had in the Lord. And um, a pastor a couple of Sundays ago, he pre- got up in his pulpit, he preached a great message from the Lord, went home and died from my asthma attack. We don't know when our time is coming. Death is one appointment that we can't cancel. (laughs) Death is one appointment that you cannot say, well, you know what? Um, February the 26th don't really work for me. How about March 8th? (laughs) We can't reschedule our calendar of death to come around the way that we wanted to. But death is one of those things where we don't know how we're going to die. We can make wishes and say, God, just take me in my sleep, Lord. Just let me be praying, Lord, and you just take me there. We don't know how we're going to die. But the guarantee is, is that we're going to die. It does not matter how we die. It doesn't matter when we die. But all that matters is, am I ready when my time comes? Will I be ready when my time comes? When it's time for me to go and meet Jesus in the air? Time is moving. Time is moving. I don't think people realize. I know sometimes people get on the young folks and say, oh, you know, these young folks, they out there. No, it ain't always the young folks, saints. You got some older saints that's trying to be hip and trying to get their groove back. (laughs) Stella wasn't the only one trying to get her groove back. There was some Stevens, too, that was trying to get their groove back, too. And they're trying to make up and they're trying to catch up from lost times. And we don't have time to play. I am so tired of people. They say, oh, I love God. Oh, I just worship you. Oh, Lord God, I just want to do everything for you. Oh, God, I just love you with all of my heart. But the lack of commitment in your life that you have towards God does not meet up with the words that come out of your mouth. Time is accelerating. Time is moving. And we must be about our father's business. And we must live a life that is pleasing unto God. He never said that we wouldn't have trials and tribulations. He said you will have trials and tribulations in life. But through it all, I will be there with you every step of the way. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, the case of the jealous lover. The case of the jealous lover. Ephesian, Ephesus, I'm sorry, was a major city of the Asia Minor. Forty-three years before this letter was written by the Apostle Paul, he remained in Ephesus for several years preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ so that all the Jews and Greeks could hear the word of the Lord. 
The word was so well received that the silversmith, the silversmith started a riot because their business of making shrines for, of Artemis was being affected. The people here in, in Ephesus, the silversmith began to get upset with Paul because he came in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and these people were getting saved and now the silversmith are getting upset because Paul is interfering with their money. We all know how we get. Listen, we don't care what you do. We don't care what you say. Don't care how you look at us. Just don't mess with my money. Don't interfere with my my cash flow and how I'm getting my stuff. Because if you mess with my money, then you're messing with me. And then we're going to have to do a little tango a little bit. And so the silversmiths become upset because now Paul is interfering with their business. No longer are they having to build these shrines for Artemis because these people are no longer looking to these false gods, but they're looking to Jesus Christ. The church at Ephesus knew the word of God, and they acted on the word. They were busy with activities. They had busy hands. They had crowded calendars, and they had full heads. They showed faithful service to the Lord for more than 40 years. 40 years they served dedicated and faithful service to the Lord. They were faithful in the work, but they forgot the God of the work. God didn't just want their hands. God didn't just want their feet. God didn't just want their heads. But most of all, he desired their hearts. Listen here, saints of God. God does not just, God does not just want our hands so that he can be able to use us to do his work here on earth. God does not just want our feet. God does not just want our ears and our hands. But he desires to have our hearts. He desires to have an intimate relationship with you and I. He desires to know us beyond a Sunday morning. He desires to know us beyond a Tuesday night Bible study. He desires to know us more than just a prayer meeting, but he desires to know us more on a personal and more on an intimate level. He desired to have an intimate relationship with them. Marsha Cates, a psych professor at Hebrew University in Jerusalem, um, did a test to see how well mothers knew their babies. Out of the 46 moms that were chosen, they had given birth previously um, five to 79 hours beforehand before this uh, research was done. They all all breastfed their babies. Each mom was blindfolded and asked to identify which of the three sleeping babies was theirs. 70% of the mothers chose their baby. They were able to identify the they were able to identify the features during the routine contact. They were able, even though they were blindfolded, even though they were put in front of three babies, they were able to identify who their child was because during that time when they were feeding their child, they became in an intimate and a close relationship where they start to learn different features that their child had. And so they were able to identify their baby. Come on, there's something about a mother. They can listen. Oh, you can have a whole whole room of kids crying, but a mother knows the voice of her crying child. They know, listen, they know that they know, they know if their cry is a demand if I need to come right now. They know if their cry is something they're not getting their way. And they know if it's a cry, if they can just wait and finish watching the game and then get back to them. 
They know. They know the different cries that their baby had. And so just as this mother, just as these mothers knew how to be able to identify their children because they were in an intimate relationship, do we not know that the Lord God Almighty knows us better than our own mothers? He knows us better than our own mothers. And how is he able to get to know us? How is he able to get to know us more? It's by having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, we've been talking about this month. What love, what's love got to do with it? Love has everything to do with it. They told him here in Revelations, he said, listen, I see the work that you're doing. I appreciate how you've been able to identify. I appreciate how you've been able to identify the false prophets. I, 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 I appreciate how you've been able to stand in there, to stand in there. Those stuff has not always been easy. And he said, I give you kudos for that. He said, but the one thing I have against you is that you have deserted me. He said, the one thing that I have against you is that you have forgotten all about me. I know you're busy doing work. I know you're busy doing that. But listen, don't get so busy that you forget about me. Don't get so caught up in your calendar. Don't get so caught up in your agenda that you forget about me. Because we fail to realize, Elder Robinson, that we serve a jealous God. Uh, I can't get no help this morning. That's all right. If y'all work with me, we'd be out here by 11.30. Just work with me a little bit. Listen, he said, I will have no other gods before me. God demands that he is first in our lives. He wants our heart and our devotion to to be in tune with him. That is deeper than our love for our parents. Deeper than our love for our spouse, deeper than our love for friends, and deeper than our love for our children. God says, listen, I know you have a family. I know you got kids. I know you got a spouse. I know you got this. I know you got that. But I still desire and I still command that I am first and foremost in your life. Oh, it almost sounds crazy. God, you mean this person that you told me to be with to death do us part? You want to be first before them? Yes. You mean, God, these kids that I've been in labor with, these kids I don't put up with for years, they've been hard-headed, didn't want to listen. You want me, you want to be first before them? Yes. God, well, you mean that this job that I have to work to be able to provide for my children, you want to be first before my job? Yes. Well, you mean, God, I'm in no church, I'm doing things at church, I'm serving the church, I'm helping build the kingdom, God, but you say you want to be first before church? Yes. He says, I desire to have your all. But what has happened now in the body of Christ is that we have part-time lovers. Oh, don't nobody want to go with me right now. Don't nobody go with me. Nobody wants to be in a relationship with anybody and it's not full-time. I don't want to be in a relationship with anybody where I don't have your full heart. I don't want to be in a relationship with anybody that I don't have your full attention. I don't want to be with nobody that's always distracted by every time something comes around them. I desire not to be with anybody that you can love me the same way that I love you. And that's what we have in the body of Christ. We have part-time lovers I love you on Sunday Lord I give you hey I give you an hour and a half but if you go longer than that God I'm putting up my church finger because I got things to do 
When in fact, he says the Sabbath day is my day. Sunday is my day. But we have part-time lovers. Uh, uh, here we go. We got part-time lovers that want full-time benefits. Oh, my, my, my. Listen, because if you work a part-time job, you're not getting the full-time benefits. You got to be able to work full-time. You got to be able to put in 40 hours a week or more to be able to get the full-time benefits. And we have people in the body of Christ, folks in the church. We got preachers. We got deacons. We got mothers. Everybody, they want the full-time benefits, but they don't want to put in all the work. And God is saying, listen, it can't be this way. It can't be like that. You want me to do this. You make all these demands of me, but you won't do nothing I ask of you. I ask you to live holy. You don't want to live holy. But when something comes up, you want me to step in and take over. God is saying, don't just seek me when you need something. He said, don't just call on me. Don't just use me. Don't just prostitute me when you need something. But can't you just call on my name and just thank me for what I've already done in your life? Can you just love on me for what I've already done in your life? If I never, listen, if he never does anything else for us, he's already done enough. Part-time lovers. We love them and we serve them when it's convenient for us. We call on them when it's convenient for us. Oh, if it works out in my schedule, God, well, I, you know, I try to work in. But, Lord, if I, if I don't get you, Lord, you know my heart. Yeah, okay. And it should not be that way, saints. I got a question for you this morning. What has distracted you? What has distracted your love from God? What has distracted your love from God? Listen, and this is what the writer is saying. Listen, listen, I understand. I, I, I appreciate everything that you're doing. I appreciate how you stood in the gap. I appreciate the work that you've done. He said, but listen, you're busy doing activities. You're busy working in the church. But you're hard. It's far from it. This is a situation what happened with Mary and Martha when they came when Jesus, they found out Jesus was at the house. One of the sisters, she began trying to go and prepare and get things together and get things in order and get things prepared because she realized Jesus was coming. But the other sister, when Jesus came, all she did was lay down at his feet and worship him. And all she did was concentrate on Jesus. And, G- and the one sister went to Jesus and said, listen, Lord, aren't you going to tell her to come in and help me wash these dishes? Lord, can you tell, she won't listen to me, and I might say something I shouldn't say, Lord, so can you tell her to come in and help me? He said, what you're doing is good. He said, but what your sister is doing is even better. Because she's taking the time to build an intimate relationship with me. No, because what you're doing in the kitchen, that's valuable, that's good, it has its place, but nothing comes before you having a relationship with me. We're living a, a generation now, we're living in a society now where people are so distracted. They're distracted when they come to church. You probably don't think I'll pay attention. I see you when you have your phones out texting. I see you when you're looking back at the clock. 
I see you when you're walking back and forth in the hallway and there's really nothing going on out there in the hallway and you went to the bathroom, but you've been down in the bathroom because I saw you walk past here and, and do other stuff. Nothing going on in the hallway. I see you. I see you. And we become so distracted in the house of God. We become so preoccupied with other things that's going on in our minds. Well, we, people ask you how was church. Well, it was okay. Church was great. You were just distracted to realize what was going on. And our minds are so preoccupied when we come to the house of God. It's not centered around Jesus, but we're thinking about what we got to do when we get out of church, what we going to eat, if pastor going to hurry up. I hope he don't sing today because I really don't like hearing them sing and it extends service. And I'm trying to get the long start before all the lunch crowd come out so I can be able to get the lunch special and save some money so I can have some money for lunch on tomorrow when I go through the line at Wendy's for the dollar menu. And we're distracted and we leave here empty, not because God hasn't done what he said he would do. It's because of us. We have not come with our minds open, with our cups lifted to be able to receive from God. Too many idols that are in our lives that come before God. Too many things in our life where God becomes second place. Because what happens is, what happens is, we want God to be, we want, we want to be a priority in God's life, but we want him to be an option in our lives. God, I want to be your priority, but you'll be my option. No, 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 no. It cannot work like that sense of God. How can I go and ask him to give me something, but I'm not even giving to him. I'm not even showing that I'm in a right relationship with him. He said, I'm a jealous guy, and I won't have anybody else before me. And he advises them. He said, listen, I want you to go back and to remember. Listen, what was that? Andre, Andre Crouch that wrote that song and said, take me back. Where I first received. He said, listen, he said, I want you to go back and remember where you lost it. He said, I want you to go back and, re and remember how when I first came into your life. I want you to go back and remember how when I first delivered you. I want you to go back and to remember how I stepped in when you thought all else was done. He said, go back. Go back to that place so that we can be able to rekindle that love. On the inside of you that you have for me. He said, because if you don't, he said, if you don't repent, if you don't change your mind, if you don't turn away, that's it. That's it. It would be a shame, saints of God, that we work for the Lord, we serve in the church, we do this, we do that. Cast out demons, lay hands on the sick, and they recover. But then we get before the judgment, and God says, listen, we go, we ready? Oh, we about to walk in the crowd. We about to get in. About to go in the gate. We just about to go in the gate. And they get there. He said, wait a minute, stop. You said, what? Well, Jesus, that spot I was going to sit over there, but he said, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Who are you again? Jesus, it's me. 
You know, I was down there with that church. You know, I, I, Jesus, you know, I done mopped the bathroom, all that stuff, done visited the city. You remember me, right? I was, you know, that church on 400 East Main. That, oh, you don't, all right. Well, uh, you know, I drove the van too long. He's going to say, no, listen, depart from me. Some version says, for I never knew you. Never. You worker of iniquity. I never knew you. What a shame it will be, choir, to sing praises unto God and lead people into worship and praise, but to get there and get stopped. And they say, up, you're at the wrong place at the wrong time. He tells them to repent. Lay down your stuff. Lay down your idols. Change your mind and come back to me. Jesus was trying to get them to understand, listen, I have a plan for your life. I have purpose. I have a destiny for your life. But the only way you're going to be able to walk into that and receive it is if you have an intimate relationship with You got to know me. You got to know me. You got to know me. It's funny sometimes how, you know, you have, you have churches sometimes and, and the saints of God sometimes, you know, they, 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 they're telling the people, oh, listen, you just name and claim and they tell the young women, name and claim and God is in your husband. They run and they start bucking and shouting. For a husband with a sick pack and, you know, six-figure salary and all this other stuff. They get to running and shouting and bucking. And you tell some, tell the guys, you know, oh, you pray, you speak, you're going to get your wife. They start bucking and shouting for a wife. Then try to talk to all the ladies in the church and, and all this other stuff. And we pray and we ask and God, God, give me a spouse. But I thought about this the other day. I really don't think God is so much, uh, uh, I don't think God is so much um, intrigued with trying to get us to have a spouse. Oh, just don't keep my car up. Don't mess my car. Don't mess with my car. I see the saints looking at, oh, that old preacher. I'm going I'm to get him today. The they looking at me strange. But God is not so much intrigued with having us to have a spouse. That's all well and fine. I'm not speaking against it. Listen, that's all well and fine. Paul even said, he said, I wish you all could be like me. He said, I wish you all could be like me and be single and be able to devote all of your time to the Lord. But if you marry, you marry, that's fine. But I just wish you could all be like me. And so God is not so much intrigued with trying to get us to have a spouse. And we want to, well, Lord, I'm lonely. I want somebody. I want somebody to cuddle. I want somebody to, to talk to Lord. I want somebody to be the Lord. I'm tired of going to the movies by myself. I'm tired of going out to eat by myself. I'm tired of being the third world. I'm tired of seeing everybody else with somebody else. But we neglect to realize and God is sitting there what about me you sitting there asking me to give you a spouse you sitting there asking me to give you a mate but you're not even trying to get with me you're not trying to commit myself to me so why should I put another person in your life when I don't have your heart why should I give you somebody else when you have not given me y'all stop trying to find somebody and find God stop trying to hook up with somebody and hook up with Jesus stop trying to attach yourself with somebody and say God you give me somebody else give me more of you lord god before you bless me with a wife oh god before you bless me with a husband give me more of you 
just seek God for the goods, but seek him for who he is. Don't just seek him for a car. God is bigger than a car. God is bigger than a house. God is bigger than a spouse. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added. But seek me first. Come to know me first. Have a relationship with me first. Because what happens is we have a church full of spiritual cheaters. Where we are spiritually cheating on God, our heart and our devotion are other places, but it's not towards God. And God says, if there's anything that comes between you and me, if there's anything that you put before me, if there's anything that you place before me, it must come down. Because I am a jealous God. And I will not share my affections. I won't share my love. I won't share my devotion with anybody else but myself. We got to make up in our minds. Lord, I'm not going to be a spiritual cheater. Lord, I don't want to cheat on you because you've been better to me than I've been to myself. God, I don't want to cheat on you, God, because you have done things for me that nobody else could be able to do. God, I don't want to cheat on you because, God, you have opened up doors for me that no man could be able to open. God, I don't want to cheat on you, God, because you have done some things for me where I had jacked up credit. I had no credit. I had bad credit. But, God, you opened up doors where I could be able to walk. God, you gave me jobs I did not even deserve. I can dare not cheat on you. God, you saved my family. You you built a hedge of protection around my family. God, I I cannot cheat on you. God, you have kept me from sicknesses and illnesses, oh God. God, so I cannot cheat on you. God, you have blessed me beyond measure. You have blessed me with money. You have blessed me with health. You have blessed me with the family. And God, I cannot cheat on you. God, you have stepped in right on time, God. While I thought I was going to lose my mind. While I thought the end was there. God, I cannot put no one else before you. God, I cannot cheat on you, oh God. Because when I needed you, Lord God, you was there when nobody else answered that phone, when nobody else would respond back with a text, when nobody else emailed back. God, you was right there every step of the way. How can I forget what you've done for me? How can I forget the doors that you opened? How can I forget how you healed me? How can I forget how you touched me? How can I forget how you saved me? How can I forget how you delivered me? So God, I can't leave you. God, I can't desert you. God, I can't abandon you. But I gotta give you my all. Somebody say yes. Somebody say yes. Say yes. I can't leave you. I can't desert you because you've been there for me, God. When my mother and my father forsaken me, when they left me alone, when they deserted me, you lifted me up. When I thought I was unlovable, you loved me. When I thought I was ugly, you made me pretty. When I thought there was no hope, you gave me hope. Well, the songwriter said, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you bought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. It starts with a decision and a choice in you. The preacher can't do it. The pastor can't do it. 
The mothers can't do it. The deacons can't do it. You have to make that decision. That God, I'll lay aside everything else. Because what has happened is we have misplaced priorities. Our priorities are jacked up. They're out of line. They're out of whack. We're longing after the wrong thing at the wrong time. There's nothing wrong with saying, well, God bless me with money. Nobody wants to be broke. Uh, I was about to say, I'm at the wrong church. Nobody wants to be broke. But my sole reason for living can't be to make money. He said, listen, I will supply all of your needs, not your wants, but your needs. He said, I will give you the desires of your heart, but your desires got to match up with my desires. God is saying today, if you really love me like you say you do, lay down your idols. Lay down. Listen, if you're in a relationship with somebody and listen, your soul, your, your life evolves around them and, and everything is them, leave them alone. But leave them alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. If, you, if you're so concentrated on making money and, and you're working two or three jobs and you ain't got no time to sleep, you get to put it down, put it down, put it down. If you find every excuse why you can't come to church and be on time, if you find every excuse why you can't come to Bible study on Tuesday night, if you find every excuse of why you can't do this or why you can't do that, check yourself. Check yourself. Check yourself. Because if you really love me, you will go beyond the call of duty to show your love. Listen, God is not, he's no longer looking for lip service. Lip service is old. Don't just tell me you love me, but then your demeanor and your, and your action says different. Don't just, don't tell me you love me just to appease me, just to tickle my ear. No, 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 no. Tell me, show me by actions that you love me. And if anybody was able to do that, it was Jesus. But he was willing to go up on that cross Willing to go on Calvary's cross for you and I to express to us, listen, I'm not just going to tell you that I love you, but I'm going to show you where I am going to take a risky investment on you. Risky investment. I don't know if I'm going to get a return, but I'm willing to take the risk to prove to you just how much I love you. And he does it and then we turn our backs on them. I'm too busy, Lord. I can't, I, I can't pray, but we could be on Facebook and YouTube for hours. Twitter and all those different things. But can't find no time for God. You know how when you start dating somebody and y'all on the phone talking, and it gets late. Both of you sleeping, but nobody wants to hang up the phone. 
It's like you sleeping. No, I'm not sleeping. You sitting there dozing off, drool coming out your mouth. No, I'm not sleeping. Uh-uh. What, what was that? No, no, that was a TV. That was you snoring. You're tired. God said, I desire for you to long after me just like that. That you don't want to stop talking to me. That you don't want to stop being in my presence. God, I'm tired, but Lord, I still want more. I still want more. I still want more of you. And the mistake that the church has made is that we try to get people to to become committed to the church. Get committed to doing the work of the church. That's all well and fine. But what has happened is, mothers, we have them that we try to get them committed to the, church, the work of the church, and they're committed, but we wonder about their spiritual lives. Well, you know what? They're here doing this. They're here at Bible study, but they ain't got no Bible because they failed in their commitment to God. But if we can get them to be committed to the Lord, they won't have a problem with being committed to the church because the love for God, the love for God will begin to show, and they're willing to do whatever they can do to show their love. For God. There's some people here today. You need to evaluate your life. You don't even have to evaluate because you know already. God, I'm not right. I'm not right. God, you're not first in my life. You're an option in everything that I do. I never, I never consult you on decisions I make. I just do whatever. I just live however, but we want God to bless our mess. We want God to bless us with riches. He's not going to bless us with stuff so that we can squander with it and just do whatever with it. No. If you're here today, And all of us in our lives, none of us are perfect. From the pulpit down to the door, some of us in our lives, we can prioritize our lives better than what we do now. All of us. If you're in this room today, you need to be at this altar. Not needing somebody to lay hands on you, not needing anyone to pray to you, but you on your face.